Hi everybody, hey, welcome to Wednesday Night Oasis uh, for April 28th. We're coming down to the end of April, May is in the air, and uh, things are warming up outside, hopefully, and, and uh, well, it's kind of strange right now, right, because some days it's really warm and some days it's not so warm. Uh, so I guess that's just the time of the time of the year, right? Hey, last week as we uh, ended our, our message, we're in the middle of this 201 class, and we are in part three of the series. And we're talking today about these personal disciplines. That's where we left off uh, last week. And we're going to be looking at eight, eight disciplines that if you put this in your life, if you take these eight disciplines and incorporate it into your daily walk, well, you will see maturity in Christ happening in your life. It's, it has to happen. It's, it's one of those guarantee things that you're guaranteed that this is going to happen. So um, let's just talk about personal disciplines just for a minute. Um, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this, this, is, this was about uh, Jesus. In the early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away uh, to a select, uh, to a secluded place and was praying there. Now, when you think about that, there are two things um, that Jesus did. So Jesus started his day with the Lord, and it was a private time. So he started it with the Lord, and it was a private time. It was something that he did in a secluded place. Maybe you have one of those places in your home where it's free from interruptions. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this before we even start. Uh, expect to hear one of my phones ring, because that's what happens every time we're coming together to talk about the Lord. I can't get away from it. Uh, even my home phone, you'd say, well, shut all your phones off. It doesn't work that way. Uh, someone will knock on my door. You know what I'm saying, right? So there's all kinds of interruptions that try to get in our way. But in reality, we need to find a, our own place where we can get one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. <clears throat> all growing Christians have a personal, intimate, alone time with the Lord. It's something that is just part of our overall walk. Um, for me, it's my office. It's my office in, in my home. This is my office here. For, for those of you who don't know, we've never, never been to my office. But <clears throat> here I come in and I close the door and... Shirley knows that that's, I'm in the middle of something and that's what's going on. Um, over our balance of time today, I want us to talk about these eight disciplines that, um, that we should be involved in on an ongoing basis. Let's begin today by praying. Well, dear Heavenly Father, I've heard this week from some of our church family and, and Lord, some of them are, are battling today or they know people who are battling today. So Lord, we first um, 
hold them up to you. We hold up their families and their friends. Lord, some are battling with things like cancer. Some are battling financial issues and, and challenges. Some are finding themselves in an exciting time in their lives, uh, but uh, exciting can also be scary because it's something new. Lord, we have people who have contacted us who have lost their jobs and, and find themselves changing careers and doing that type of thing. So, Lord, we just pray for your peace and your wisdom and your knowledge. Father, as we uh, partake in this discussion this morning or tonight or whenever it is these people are listening, please open their hearts, open their ears. Lord, uh, give me the ability to um, uh, speak your truth uh, in, a, in a way, Lord, that uh, uh, engages people to want to move in your way. Lord, in all things, we give you the glory for this time together, for all these people who are watching, and for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so let's begin by looking at these eight disciplines, and here's the first one. Journaling. Journaling. Now, some of these things that we're going to talk about today are not things that are easy, so easy to do. But if my encouragement to you would be that it, it, you'd have a book available to you or something that you can write in, a notebook that you hold along, uh, something similar to this. I was given this by someone in church, and uh, it's, a, it's a journal. And it gives me an opportunity every day to... to uh, do a calendar and it gives me a chance to, to journal alongside, to write my notes and to do those things. And uh, it's a great thing. I can make notes for whatever, whatever it is that I'm doing. Now, so what is journaling? It's like keeping a spiritual diary. Uh, one of the first habits you need to begin is to record your spiritual journey. What, what are you praying about? What are you studying in your Bible? And what is God teaching you? Uh, what verses are you trying to memorize? Don't get scared with that word, right? Um, or what are you meditating on? And what's the, what, what are you gathering from this? Now, here's what you need to know, that... Um, Journaling is something that sometimes is scary to people and doesn't appear to be that easy to do. Um, but the reality of it is that it's a powerful tool that God will use. I'm going to turn the light on a little bit more here so you can see a little better. I think that's a little bit better. Um, but journaling is powerful because it does several key things for us. Uh, first, um, you can track the things that you're learning. You know, you can track those things that God's showing you. Um, watch the steps that of growth that have been taken. You can see how you've grown in this. Ever look back at situations and say, 
man, I've been through this now and I've really grown through this because uh, two years ago, if I would have went through this, I'd have been a, 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 a maniac or whatever you'd want to say, right? Um, you could also use it to see how God answers prayers. A lot of times when we're going through things, we need to be reminded of the power of God. And through journaling, you can go back and see how God has delivered you before from the trials that you are facing, the challenges that came your way. So you can you can see how he did it before, and uh, that will help you. Um, you can look at the passages that you are memorizing and, and say, wow, you know, uh, people don't realize that we're always doing that. And often in a discussion, you end up saying something. You go, where did that come from? Well, it came from the Bible. You just memorized it. You didn't even know it, you know, that kind of thing. And then you can go back to specific times in your life, like I said, and revi revisit how you dealt with a specific issue and whether, what the outcome was. How did that go? Because sometimes future challenges um, are not always new. Um, and that tells us something because if you keep doing what you're doing, you keep getting what you're getting. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes we find ourselves in this place where we go, oh, wait a minute, I don't want to go around this mountain anymore. You know, I've been around here once before. This looks too familiar to me. So you can review the decisions that you made and um, track how obedient, obedient you've been, you know. Uh, have I, did I really in this situation do what God is showing me to do? Did I really seek him in this? That's what journaling um, tells you. So, uh, you know, uh, buy a book, get a little three ring binder. Listen, uh, you, you, go, you guys have Dollar Trees around, you have uh, Walmart or wherever you go to get your your discount stuff. I mean, certain times of the years, uh, notebooks can be 20 cents. And that's true for school time. You know, when, when kids are going back to school, they have these specials, pick up a notebook. I mean, uh, and pick up a couple of them, you know, and, and start doing that because it, it will make a difference. Um, fill the pages and then um, You could even have a, a, a separate book with what God is trying to show you. I mean, one can be your life and the journey that you're on. And here's what happened. Here's what God did. But you can even have a, a, a blank book for the Lord only. So a journaling tool is will be only as good as what you put into it. And uh, you know what? Maybe your journaling tool, if you're um, um, find yourself out of the 1960s, uh, maybe it could be on your computer. I know, I know. But maybe it could be on your computer because you have the opportunity through different tools on the computer to journal. 
and you can go back on your computer and look at that stuff. You can print it off instead of handwriting it and not being able to read what you wrote. Just saying. Just saying. Give it a try. We're in 2021 now. So just step out a little bit. You're, you'll be fine, I promise. So what, when you do this, you can then, it'll help you um, <clears throat> on a daily basis be able to practice what God is showing you. Um, and that's valuable. That's valuable to your life. And it's something that you have to do. The second thing, the second discipline is Bible study. Now, <clears throat> I want to put in front of you right now four steps to a powerful, personal, private um, Bible study. That's a, that's a lot of Ps. A powerful, personal, private um, Bible study. I don't know how that, I should have did something with Bs. So Bible study should have been in there. But um, a Bible study implies a desire to learn and apply God's word to your life. See, God wants us to be competent in his word. He doesn't want us to be floundering. He wants us to spend time in his word. And, and some who are watching say, you know, Pastor Andy, I tried this. And I read something and it's like, I don't even know what it said. Uh, and so what do I do then? Because I, I read and I, I just don't get it. Well, it's like anything. The more you do it, the better you will get out of it. Don't read it like a novel where you're going to read uh, three chapters tonight. No, read it like a handbook. Pretend you're putting, the, if you're me, pretend you're putting a table together. Uh, a 10-minute job takes me an hour to do, right? Because I have to, I, I need help because I just don't get it, right? So it's okay not to get it. Just give yourself a chance to learn it. And so uh, here are some Bible verses on this subject. It first one comes in 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. In 1 Timothy 3.12 or 3.2, it says this. Now the overseers must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, tempered, self-controlled, respectful, hospitable, able to teach. See, God is calling us to a new level. He's calling us to a place where... Um, we're not learning the elementary truths. We know those. And we're now growing in the knowledge. We're moving from um, milk, if you will, as a baby in Christ, to eating meat. You remember the first time that happened, right? 
First time that happened with your kids when they went from milk to meat, it was kind of a mess, wasn't it? I mean, they spilled things all over the place and, and it, was, it just wasn't a good thing. So just recognize that, that as you grow, there's a process involved in that. Psalms 119, one through six says this, um, blessed are they whose way are blameless, who walks according to the law of the Lord, Blessed are they who come his, who, who keep his statutes, who seek him in all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They, they walk in his ways. That would be a nice thing to say that. <clears throat> Verse four, you have laid down uh, precepts that are to be fully obeyed. They, they're there for you. Um, in verse five, oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees, God's decrees. Then I will not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. You see, it, this is not just something, the Bible is just not something that is filler, something to do with our time, something to say, oh, we, we uh, studied God's word today, no. The, 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 this is really where the rubber meets the road. It could get us out of a lot of troubles that we find ourselves moving into. Uh, last one, Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law, he meditates, when is that? Day and night. Verse 3. He is like a tree planted by a stream of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaves does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. What was that last one? Last thing said? Whatever he does, he or she does prospers. I want that. I like that idea. So what tools do you need to get started? What do you have to do to begin? First, um, you, you need kind of a systematic um, schedule of reading. I'm going to get you that. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a copy of something like that, that uh, at church on Sunday. Uh, so if you, if you want to pick that up, go to the table over there where we have all of our stuff. The, you'll notice that there are books there and tapes and things like that. Those are for you to take. Take, read it. If you want to keep it, keep it, give it to someone else or bring it back and put it back on the table for someone else to read. So we're, we're doing some things like that. Get a good study Bible. NIV, um, New American Standard, New King James, um, whatever you like. How's that? Now, uh, um, which one of those am I getting when I get one? I'm getting an NIV, right? Because that's what I 
that's what I have learned on and been taught on. And uh, it, it speaks to me. Uh, it's not better than the other Bibles. Um, I'm not an NIV only person or a King James only person because that's the only Bible. No, no. Uh, so uh, what speaks to you? Now don't go with anything that's goofy, the Sunshine Bible or the uh, I'm all right and you're all right Bible. I mean, stick with the mainline Bibles. It should contain a, uh, some introduction material. It should tell you date written. It should tell you who the author is, uh, the purpose of the writings. It should tell you key verses in the Bible. This is a study Bible. It's different than um, a regular Bible. It should have an outline. It should have footnotes, cross-references. You know, when you're reading this, it's referring to this that happened uh, in this part of the Bible or in that part of the Bible. You get what I'm saying, right? It should have maps and a concordance in it. Now, you can you look at that, and there are some other books that you can study along with that. Now, uh, I don't want you to be afraid of this, especially if you've never studied the Bible before, because it's okay. Just start, right? But there's other books like a Bible dictionary. Um, there's one called the Unger's Bible Dictionary. It's a good one, right? Um, word studies. There's word studies out there that are available and it's complete with um, expository teachings. These are, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, like I do on Sunday morning, it's filled with that kind of things that tells you, uh, goes deeper, right? Um, and then there's a, a concordance uh, called a Young's Analytical Concordance. There's other options that can help you too. There's there's uh, PCs on the, uh, there's study Bibles for the PC, for your computer, for your personal computer, for those of you, for the PC personal computer. Um, uh, so there's Bible studies for that. There's quick uh, references of verses available for that. There, there's this type of thing available. Um, there are free, uh, I like this, there are free Bible programs available for us to use on the internet, you know, the internet. Um, here are some of them. Um, crosswalk.com, crosswalk.com. Biblenotes.net is another one. ChristianConnection.net. And here's another one. Bible.gospelcom.net. Um, you can go on and just look around on that. Go, go and check that out. As you read, here's what you should be looking for. Commands. Promises. Principles to live by, words from the Lord. So 
commands, here's what God is showing us to do. Promises. If you do this, God will do this. I love those. There are even books out there, be careful, but there are books out there with the promises of God in them. Um, principles to live by. We need that. We live in a society that really doesn't have principles to live by. They have one principle that they live by. If it's okay with you, it's okay with me. What's right for you is, is that's, that's your business. You don't, you don't hurt anybody else. That's their principles. Let's begin to implement God's principles in our lives. And then we have to look for the specific words from the Lord. Uh, I love uh, my, my Bible. Um, I have a Bible that has uh, the words of Jesus written in red. Sometimes I like to just read the red parts. You know what I'm saying? They just, they're there. It's the word of God. And, and I, want you to, I want you to read those parts. I want you to look at that. But I want you to think of it from a way that you're saying, this is God speaking directly to my heart. He's speaking to me. Now, it's amazing how God's word does that. Have you ever found yourself in a situation you open up the Bible and somehow God is showing you something that he reveals to you concerning what you're going through right now? They didn't just put it in last night in your Bible. See, look for things that pertain to your life today. Because I always say that the Bible is not a history book. It's a book for life. It's a handbook of life. Now, thoughts that you need to, you need to go further and share these thoughts with others as words of encouragement. Here's what God has showed me. Cross-reference relating you to what you're reading. Here's, here's what God is saying. Wow, this is what happened to them. You know, something like that happened to me. And then apply what you are learning to your own life. Just try it. Just try it and see what happens. Here's another point. After you learn to read God's word, Glean from it, glean from it, strip from it, take from it, get from it, and take further steps to do different kinds of studies. Now, this is a, this is a type of study I like to do. I like, there's like three types of studies that you can do. The first one is the one that I like a lot, topical studies. What does God say about this specific topic that I'm dealing with? And then there are biographical studies. Uh, you know, um, I read about Peter and uh, you go, I, I read about Peter and I can relate to that guy. 
you know. And then there are word studies. When Jesus says this word, what does he mean? I mean, what does that word actually mean? Do you know we use a lot of words in life not really knowing the true meaning of that word? We think we're saying one thing, and it's something else. This happens all the time, and we have to relate God's word to what is being said at that time, uh, you know, because um, over the years, we may have changed the meaning of word, right? And then uh, the next step is um, there are some attitudes or there's an attitude that will help improve your personal, private uh, Bible study. Um, here's the first one. Be ready and eager to hear God speak to you. Friends, listen, I don't want you to only do that in the Bible study. I want you to pray for that before you come to church, that God would speak to you in that service. Listen, I, 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 I wanna encourage you to be encouraged to hear God's word and to read God's word and to know that when you come together, you are seeking God to speak specifically to you, not what your wife needs to hear, not what your husband needs to hear, or I wish um, Harry was here because he really needs to hear this. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, okay, God, what are you trying to show me about my own personal life and my own personal walk with you? Come expecting to hear. Come ready and eager to hear what God has to say. Luke 8, 8 says this. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what that was sown. When he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen, here's what I want in life. I want a hundredfold return on uh, the crops that I lay. I want, I want God to just uh, do it. I, I want him to, to grow and, and uh, make it abundantly known uh, what God is doing. And in James 1.19, it says this, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How you doing on that? How'd you do? How'd you do this week? Were you quick to listen? Were you slow to speak? and slow to become angry. Now, you're going, how about if I did two out of three? Well, I, better than none out of three, but you get the point, right? And then the number two thing, first thing is to be ready and eager um, to hear God speak to you. And number two is this, confront any attitudes that prevent you from hearing God speak. 
I sometimes can know when people are battling um, at church because do you know what they do um, sometimes? They check my spelling on the bulletin rather than paying attention to the message that's in the bulletin. You know what I mean? Uh, the, these are things that prevent us from hearing about God. Instead of worshiping God with in song, it's kind of like American Idol or a gymnastic thing. And people are ready to hold up signs, eight, a 10, you know, a, you know, that kind of thing. That's not the purpose of that. And if you find yourself going down a path you need to confront yourself and say, wait a minute. Worship is, a, is something between me and God. And if I'm not getting something out of worship, uh, the problem is within me and not someone else who's leading worship. Although we have a great worship team and, I, you know, they're, they're awesome. You know, Robin does an awesome job. He spends a lot of time. And let me tell you something I would... Uh, I'd have no one else but Robin. He's he's my guy there for sure, positively. Uh, but the point of it is, whatever it is, you know, uh, Andy's preaching, and instead of uh, should he have t that joke was really bad. I know that happens sometimes, but you know what I mean. Get, allow God to speak to you and confront yourself, confront your attitude before time uh, that prevents you from hearing from God. And that's in your Bible study and in your church life. Luke 8, 4 through 15, well, here's the gist of it. Um, ask yourself, what kind of ground are you? Therefore, it says, consider carefully how you listen. You need to consider carefully how you listen. Are you eagerly listening? Are you expecting to hear from God? Or are you coming in with an attitude that, that here we go, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm going to read this Bible and I'm not going to get anything out of it. You get my point, right? Here's number three. Confess any sin in your life. In James chapter one, verse 21, it says this. Therefore, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. <clears throat> you guys, there's there's dust and stuff in the air outside, and it's just uh, affecting me. So I apologize if my voice is not uh, completely cool. And then number four, there we go. Record what you learned. Record what you have learned. Hebrews 2.1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, 
to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We forget 95% of what we hear after 72 hours. That's good for me because I could preach the same message every week and it'll be a new one to you. But, but I don't do that. But uh, after 72 hours, we forget almost everything that we have heard. So how do you fix that problem? Read an understandable translation, something you can understand. Now, if you're a person that understands these and thous and yay and all of that stuff, then God bless you. Uh, it's not me, right? I just It's just a distraction for me. So read an understandable translation for you. And sometimes you need to read in different translations. I have one Bible that has four different translations. It's called a parallel Bible, three different translations, uh, right next to each other. And so I could read one verse and then read it in this translation and read it in this translation on the same page. And it broadly gives you insight to what's being said. <clears throat> read aloud to yourself. Read out loud. You're in a room by yourself. You've separated yourself from everyone else. So just read it out loud so you can hear what it is you're saying. Underline verses that speak to you in your Bible. It's okay to do that. Either that or get one of those highlighter things that you can just highlight it, you know. Talk with other people about what you're reading and learning. And then pick one key point and put that to work. That uh, journal it, you know. Here's what I'm going to try to do this week. Listen, this seems like a lot of work, but let me tell you, it's vital. It's important, and it's something that will change your walk with God. It really will. And then just kind of do the fifth thing. Be sure to act on what you hear. Don't be people who hear things and don't do anything about it. Act on what you hear. In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says this. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourself. Do what it says. In verse 25, James 1, 25, it says this, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. That's a verse you need to write down somewhere. And I want to encourage you this week, the rest of this week till Sunday, why don't you read that verse every morning? James 1.25. But the man who looks intently, or the woman who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, or she has heard, but doing it, he or she will be blessed in what they do.
That's powerful. The third thing that we want to do, talk about out of the eight, we've only talked about three. And let me tell you, we're just going to get through about half of these today. Um, the third thing is memorization. Memorization. So, so the, the, the first thing, let's just go back for just one, is journaling. The second thing is Bible study. And the third thing is memorization. That is one that people just hate to think about, hate to talk about. Proverbs 7, verses 2 and 3 says this. Keep my commands in your will and, and keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on a tablet of your heart. Get it in there. Know it. What, what does it say um, in John 3.16? Do you know that? What it says? That's a verse that even non-Christians know. Do you know what it says? I'm not reading it or anything. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. Uh, you see, how do you know that? You memorized it. You heard it over and over. You said it to yourself. You, you watched a football game and someone who was about 500 pounds, held up a big sign over his head. It said John 3.16. And you went, you looked it up. I don't care how you have to memorize it. In Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9, it says this. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. Is that a promise? I think it's a promise. So that's a promise. Uh, I, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. You think in this world, people need to know this verse? Uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Friends, this, the, this was worth the price of admission. What are the benefits of memorizing God's word? Um, A, uh, knowing God's word will keep you um, from resisting, it'll keep you from resist. It'll, it'll help you to resist temptation. How's that? I don't know how to say that. It will help you to resist temptation. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In Matthew 4.1, uh, uh, 
verse uh, in Matthew 4, 1, it says this, uh, we read that Jesus survived his temptation in the desert by quoting scripture. Here's point B. Knowing God's word will help you make wise decisions. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I need that. Ever get up in the middle of the night and it's completely dark? You know what happens when you walk in the dark? You stub your toe. I do that and I go, praise you, Jesus. Because you're showing me I need the light. I probably don't say praise you, Jesus, but you know what you mean. You know what I mean. Here's point C. Knowing God's word will strengthen you when you're under stress. The one thing I need to know most when I'm under stressed is that God is bigger than whatever I'm stressed about. If I could have a t-shirt that said that, that God is bigger than my stress, I would wear it every day. Don't get me one, but you know what I'm saying, right? Um, um, Psalms 119 verses 49 through 52 says this, remember the word of your servant for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. Your promise preserves my life. The arrogant mock me without restraint, but I do not turn from your law. People will do that. They'll mock you. But don't turn from your from God's law. I remember your ancient law, O Lord, and I find comfort in them. That's the point D. Knowing God's word will comfort you when you're sad, when you're dealing with something, when you're battling. Listen, there are many, many Bible verses. I'm just going to tell you a couple I want you to go back and look at. Um, well, here's one of them. Um, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 2 and 3. It talks about how we can have grace and peace from God in our lives. Um, and then here's the letter E, which is the, the fifth uh, point. Knowing God's word will make you a productive witness. You'll be able to be a, a better witness for God knowing his word. I want to read this to you. It's from 1 Peter 3.15. But in your heart set upon Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You see, how do you do it? How are you like you are with everything going on in your life? I know what's happening in your life, but yet you seem to have a sense of peace. You have a, 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 a something different about you. Have an answer to the hope that you have. And do it gently and with respect. You know, don't tell the person, 
I'm not a dope like you who, who doesn't believe in Jesus, who follows all these stupid things. Don't be doing that. Do it gently with respect. So when should you memorize? During your quiet time. Um, while you're exercising. So that means you have to start exercising, right? Um, while you're waiting. Hey, listen. You don't know this, but half of your life is waiting for something. Um, at bedtime, when you're about ready to go to bed, it'll help you sleep when you start memorizing. The devil will put you right to sleep. So if you have trouble sleeping at night, start memorizing God's word and see how long it takes you to fall asleep. Um, while you're shaving, uh, not your legs, guys, but I mean, I mean, while you're shaving or, you know, doing that kind of thing, um, run it through your mind, memorize. Um, do that. Just make sure you're not cutting yourself. So how do you memorize a passage of scripture? How do you memorize a passage, passage of scripture? Here we go. You ready? When you're reading, you'll come across scripture verses that speak to you. That's a key. You want to memorize that. If that's speaking to you, you want to memorize that. So here's how you memorize it. Read the verse out loud three times. Now, the, I, I'm not having you do the hokey pokey or anything, so just bear with me here. Read the verse out loud three times. Repeat it back without reading it each time the best you can. The best you can. It's okay if you don't read it back exactly the same. Now, if you, if you really want to learn it, get yourself some three-by-five cards. Get some three-by-five cards. Get some of these cards. Right, and then write down, write down the verse. Write it down. Like if you're helping your child study something, you have a question, you read it, and the answer's on the back, right? And then you, okay, that's right. Uh, memorize it word for word with references. In John three sixteen, it says, "God so loved the world." In John 3, 16. That's where it is. And here's what it says. And then carry these cards around with you. Put them in your car. Put them on the refrigerator. Uh, put them on the refrigerator. That's a good one. Every time you go to the refrigerator, read it. Read what it says. Or try to say what it says. <clears throat> um so display it. Put it on the bathroom mirror. I mean, it's okay to have it someplace. Now, you may not want cards on your refrigerator or on your bathroom mirror. I get that. But put it somewhere where you're going to actually look at it. Put it on your desk. A lot of times I have stuff on my desk that I have to pay attention to, uh, along with some clutter that I usually do. But um, pay attention. You know, um, 
Remember, three keys to memorization is this. Review, review, review. Read it out loud. Say it back the best you can. Write it down and read it often. I mean, you're just reviewing it over and over. And commit it to memory. Now, review it several times a day for 30 days. If you do that, you'll have it the rest of your life. If you study it several times a day, every day, not skipping a day, you don't get a day of rest from this. For 30 days, you'll never forget it. You won't. You won't forget it. So what should I memorize? Well, I, I would memorize things from the study guide, from your, from your studying, from what you're studying that speaks to you. It's all a process to do. Well, I want to leave it there. I want us to start again on the fourth, the fourth discipline next week. And so that we went through three of them this week. But next week, let's start with the fourth one. And I hope you spend some time thinking about these three. Um, it'll change your walk with God. And it will help you to grow in maturity in your walk. Thanks for being with us today. I pray that God keeps you safe. He uses you, that he grows you every day. And that in all you do, you glorify him in and through your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this day, for this time, for all you're doing. Lord, um, bless our church. Bless those that we come in contact with. Use us, Father. Guide us in every way so that at the end, we can stand as one approved walking in your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for being with us. Love you guys. See you Sunday.